listening to another episode of Cosmic Peach Podcast. And tonight, I have a real treat for you. Everyone knows I love the paranormal. And um, we do have, I say it wrong, but is it Paranormalaskin? Yeah. Um, okay. I, I, I named the show Paranormalaska. I thought it'd be real uh, witty, right? But it was confusing to a lot of people because they would break the word into two separate words and then they wouldn't be able to find it on the uh the web search because i made it you know two words combined into one because paranormal ended with al and alaska begins with al right and so i named the show paranormal alaska thinking it was really cool but it ended up being very confusing so (laughs) i think it's cool i like it i was trying to sound it out on instagram i was like oh paranormal alaskan that's that's yes That's yeah, cool. so I became the paranormal Alaskan kind of thing, right? Yes, so, yeah. yes. And I heard you on the Red Pill Cartel podcast with Davey, and um, I was cracking up most of the time, <laughs> but no, it was really cool. And so I was wondering if you'd like to share with the class a little bit some of the uh, paranormal activity you had as a kid. Right. Um, that's no problem. Uh, at first, when I was growing up, see, uh, my my parents split up and my mom moved all of us from Fairbanks to Anchorage and, and started living there in like a low income housing place that was not haunted whatsoever. Right. But after my dad won the custody battle, when I was about, I don't know, it's about seven or eight, he moved us into this old house in Anchorage that was way haunted. Right. And, and uh, we figured out very soon by hearing it going up and down the basement stairs, which were very creaky and whatnot. But that first house, we were only in for a short while. And then, because it wasn't big enough for us all. And so my dad got a bigger house. Now that place was way haunted. I mean, that place was scary. Um, Everybody who ever came and stayed with us and stuff like that had a story, of course. And we all had our own stories because uh, that ghost, it seemed like, okay, back then I was a kid. So I was afraid of the ghost, you know. Now I'm grown up, I'm not afraid at all. And so it was a completely different type scenario for me back then. And it seemed like that ghost just liked scaring me, right? And so um, one of the first times was when I got home. Uh, rarely you get home and there's nobody there. Like I came home from school and there was nobody else in the house. And then that's a rarity because there's so many people in there, right? And so I thought, okay, I'm just going to make a peanut butter sandwich real quick. And and uh, as soon as I start getting busy right there, the kitchen was right next to the basement stairs, right? And this is where the ghosts dwell. And you could hear them creep up those basement stairs because they all creaked. There was only two of them who didn't. That was the third one from the bottom and the second one from the top. I'll never forget that detail, right? And so it'd be like, creak, creak, silent, creak, creak. It's creaking up the stairs. And I'm like, oh, no, here comes the damn ghost, right? I'm trying to make a sandwich. And I was only, I don't know, about, like said, eight or nine, maybe. And um, 
I was trying to get it done real quick and it gets all the way up to the top. Right. And I'm thinking, okay, just go ahead and turn around and go back down. Like it usually does, but it didn't, it was just dead silent. And finally I looked over at the basement door and sure as hell, the, the knob turns and opens. Right. And I, yeah, that was it for me. I screamed out and I ran out of the house. Right. And um, that was like the first time that I actually witnessed a poltergeist action right there in front of me. Right. So did you ever, like, just going into the place, was it one of those type of houses you get the heebie-jeebies? Oh, yeah, absolutely. through the door. Mm -hmm. It had all kinds of weird crawl spaces and stuff like that. And and then, uh, I I don't know if you heard the story I was telling Davey, too, is that shortly after we first moved in there, some crazy lady parked her car in front of the house and wouldn't leave, right? And finally, my dad, after a couple of days, he called the cops so they could rustle her out. And then the cops came and told him that the reason why she was sitting out there is because she claimed that her baby was in our house, right? And there was no baby in there, of course, but that's what she claimed, right? And so the cops said, I don't know, you might want to look around just in case. And so we're searching the house for what could be a dead baby it was creepy as hell, right? And so that just already, it, I mean, it sets, set the, like the, whole flavor of the place to be you know creepy as hell and so we did search around we never did find the baby but that's when we we found that piece of plywood down there in the basement that was covering just a bare floor and there was a hole going down into the ground and when we saw that we were just like what the you know what the hell is this and um well yeah we thought what the fuck right and so my dad brought the ladder in and we put it down in the hole and he sent my older brothers who weren't that scared right they're much older and um they they were all excited to go look down there right and down they go and we dropped a light down there on a cord right and my dad said what is it and they go oh there's another hole right and so he says okay put the ladder down and they went down another level you know this is a standard ladder length it's about a story right and so they went down another level and and he said what's there and they said it's another hole going down and so he goes, well, that's far enough. And he had them come back out and we just put the board back over it. Right. And it was still a mystery. What, what was down in that hole. Right. But of course it freaked me out as a kid. And the first thing I thought is, damn, there's gotta be the killer's lair, right. <laughs> has got the bodies buried. And this is why the place is so freaking haunted because we had a pool table down there too. And you would like, you, the, the balls would go off down there when nobody was down there, right? We'd all be upstairs watching TV and all of a sudden we'd hear the pool balls go clattering around. We're like, holy shit. The first time it happened, right? We thought maybe there was somebody in the house, right? My parents were gone and it was just all of us boys, the four of us, right? Me and my older brothers. And um, they were all getting up into high school and whatnot too, right? I was like the, the, the youngest one. But anyway, we all went running down there to see, you know, <laughs> what, what was down there. We all kind of grabbed a weapon on the way, right? grab a knife, grab a, I had like a skateboard or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so we all go down the stairs. Go, 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 go. We all go running down there and looking around, of course, and there's nobody. And so we're all searching around. And, and as soon as we all got so many feet away from the stairs that the only stairs leading up, of course, you know, we're all looking at each other and it's just dead quiet and sure as shit click the light switch just snaps off and just puts us in darkness. Right. We're all like, ah, running up the stairs they all just pretty much mowed me over right <laughs> and I was the last one crawling up the stairs right and, and so that was really kind of creepy and it was just there were stories like this everybody had a couple of them you know it was just weird shit that happened there. what about the time where you were playing 
a game or something like with your brothers and then like you couldn't move you were like paralyzed yeah that was like the last thing that happened to me before we moved out of there um in in a a couple of different things happened before this and led up to it but yeah we used to play this little game where we try to uh instead of going down the staircase you just grab the handle as far as you can down in the wall on the other side and try to jump as many stairs as possible right and so um yeah i know we're kids we do stupid shit i did the same thing at my grandma's house in her basement (laughs) yeah and so it's kind of like a little contest all my older brothers were able to clear the whole staircase right and i was the only one who couldn't i was a few steps short but it was this this night i was thinking i'm gonna make it and um i i pretty much did but as i as i was flying down the the stairwell right something happened midway and when I hit the ground it was like I was I didn't have any control over anything I felt like I almost there was no movement at all in my body there was nothing I felt like I was made of concrete I just kind of crumpled to the bottom of the stairs and I couldn't move I couldn't breathe I couldn't do anything and um, but my mind was still going even if my body was at a complete halt and I was starting to panic right I was thinking shit if I can't breathe you know <laughs> and I was sitting there trying to think of how I could get the attention of my family, which was right around the corner, but they couldn't see what was happening. Right. I wanted to get their attention. Like, look, I'm dying over here. Right. And I remember we heard some story about a guy who was paralyzed and he put all his focus into wiggling his toes. So they wouldn't put the, pull the plug on him, you know? And so I thought, okay, if I can kick the wall or the floor or something, maybe someone would hear it and come look and see what's going on. And so that's what I did. I focused all my energy and trying to kick the, the wall or the floor. And I was just laying there, you know, and it is the seconds kind of stretched on and on. And uh, finally, it was like the whole spell or whatever was broken. Right. And I just came to kicking away, kicking away on the side of the wall. And I sat up and stopped what I was doing altogether. And it was like I didn't even remember anything that had happened. I just literally got up and walked around and sat down and watched TV like nothing happened. I totally forgot about it until there was like years later, the memory kind of flooded back into my mind. And I was like, did that shit really happen? You know? And so, yeah, yeah it was a very bad weird dreams story. and stuff like bad dreams in that house or. Uh, I guess it wasn't that much of, of stuff like that. It's just like, OK, waking up in the middle of the night and hearing the shit going on down there. That was worse than a bad dream. <laughs> right. Yeah. But what I always figured, too, is that maybe I thought for a second that ghost and I shared the same space for a minute. And, and um, I, I always wondered if he was trying to get control of my body or whatever but maybe it was just an accident is what I thought too after all right I didn't Mm -hmm. think it was that malicious of a spirit to try to do something like that but um fortunately we moved out of there shortly thereafter and I didn't have to fucking worry about that stinking ghost anymore so (laughs) I mean I've talked to so many people and uh, some people say that there are no such thing as ghosts that everything we encounter is a demon It's all demons, even if it looks like the owner of a 18th century hotel, it's a demon Mm -hmm. in masquerade. All we encounter are demonic entities. But sometimes people have positive experiences and then they would say it was an angel. So what what is your opinion on that? Are these dead people? Are these demonic entities? Are they interdimensional? Like, what are we dealing with? What's your that's a a good question, and everybody's been trying to figure that out, you know. Um, okay, uh, we're gonna have to fast forward to when um, I made the show 
And my, mm-hmm. my ex uh, and I, while we were, t- we were together, we moved into this place where the guy had just passed away in there just a few months before we moved in. So it had, you know, it was the guys fit the profile of restless spirit because he had died young. It was like 40, he was like 47 or something like that died from like cancer or something like that. Right. And so fits the profile of feeling like he's been robbed out of his life, you know, and, um, after, uh, living there and and capturing all the different things that we did, I was able to make a few different conclusions, of course, too. Um, not all of these spirits are, are malicious or the most of them are pretty well benign. And so that's why, I mean, I used to think that, yes, they were probably evil spirits just impersonating people, but I don't know. There's so many of them, right? There's so many freaking ghosts. It isn't funny. And, and it's, 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 I don't think everybody leaves one either. You got to fit that profile. Like if you're a suicide or a murder, of course, that's going to be in the profile. If your blood's been spilled there, that also will keep you there. Uh, that type of thing. But um, the, the one that we were staying in the apartment we were at, I didn't think it was malicious at all. I never did anything really to to um, harm like Cynthia. She used to get assaulted by these things like she did at the bar. She got those scratches. And then uh, after she confronted her grandfather in the grave, she ended up getting uh, her knee got, she got, uh, well, I captured what did it. It's a, it, it's not a light orb. You've seen those? Like the spears? The, the this the light orbs are little round things. Oh yeah, around. yeah. I thought you were talking about the one that came up out of the grave. The one that came out was what I called the light blade. This thing was different. It had the shape of a blade, literally, and we only captured it twice. The first time it missed its intended target, and it was just a. I used to think it was a coincidence we captured it, but we caught it for a reason, right? And then the second time we caught it, it actually did connect with Cynthia. Caught her right in the knee, and she ended up like wearing a knee brace for like weeks after that. And we didn't figure out what had happened until we watched the video replay because I thought she had banged her knee or something like that. And then when I showed her what happened, we were like, okay, maybe we better pull back from this. Because when I first went into it, I didn't think that they could uh, affect us on this plane. But now I've pretty much had the evidence to prove that wrong, right? And so we took a big pull back from it and stopped, uh, you know, investing because we were going everywhere and doing all these things. I got hours and hours of footage a lot of which I never published in the original run that we had of the show Paranormal Alaska, which led up to the assault that I was talking about, right? That was the final bit. And that's when we made the conclusion, like, okay, this could be dangerous. Don't screw around with it. But as go- as far as going back to um, what you're saying, uh, I would say that this, this thing, that thing that can assault people, now that was different than just a regular haunting. Um, and, and it, it seemed to me like, okay, in order to, you had to do something in order to open the gate for that thing to come through, but it would come through and then it would, um, it, it would go back usually if it didn't connect with whoever it, it, it was intended to. Very trippy. And we also captured, uh, our best capture was featured on the statewide news here because it was so weird. And it was, um, it, it was these little uh, winged like entities that would fly around us. At, at times and these are all only visible on infrared of course we never seen them people like to try to think okay that was a moth that flew by you and i'm like wouldn't you think i'd notice a moth flying by me you tarred right and no they were they were completely invisible to the naked eye the one we captured the best it kind of floated up right next to me and literally revolved around in a circle and you could see its wings and they disappear and then it would come back and you could almost see almost features on this thing it was creepy as hell and that's the one that made the statewide news because every time i'd show somebody that 
footage, they look at it and they go, what the fuck is that? And I'd say, exactly. What the fuck is that? Right. And it wasn't the only time we captured them. They, they would fly by right by our faces and shit. It was really creepy. And so but you could never sense them even No, um, that's the weird thing too. Right. Uh, Cause I've been around ghosts so many times. I know that for, for a fact, right? right. And I've never seen them with my eyes, but I have captured them on film, which is probably even better. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I eventually figured out that those wing things I started calling them the guardian spirits. Cause it seemed like they came around and, and like protected us very strange. Right. And so I wasn't, too uh i wasn't afraid of those things at all it was just that the other one that could leave scratches and marks on you that was the one that the light blade you know that's the one that i was always on the lookout for but we only captured those a couple times right out of all the hours and hours of uh filming we did most of it was in that apartment but we went to several different places now one of the things i didn't tell on davy's thing was one of the last bits we did and that was in a, a really haunted place over on a Ned Island. Um, it's an ancient um, runway from the uh, World War, World War II or whatever. There was like, they had a runway over there. And it was the only airport back in like 50s or whatever kind of thing. And um, that place was said to be haunted. So we went over and brought our cameras over and did a bit. And um, we captured a couple of things. And after we published that, that was like the first episode we, we put out on TV. I got like a flood of emails from the people over there. And they said, yeah, the haunted hangar, it's ha- haunted because there was a plane crash back in like the 50s. And the bodies were dumped there and buried unceremoniously in a hole right next to it. Those ones that weren't picked up, right? And so I immediately go, okay, that's why the place is haunted. And so I did my research and I found uh, the fa- passenger manifest. And uh, the thing about it was, is that they... Every article I read about it said there was 18 people, 18 people plus the crew, you know, including the crew, five in the crew and 13 passengers, right? And and every article said 18 people missing, searching for 18 people, blah, blah, until they finally find them, right? Okay, all 18 dead, right? But then the, the manifest only had 17 names on it. There was one missing. And I'm like, where's passenger 18? That was a mystery to us. And um, we found out, see, we'd, we'd gone with the idea that there was a dead girl over there. And because uh, Cynthia kept, um, she would encounter this little girl in her dreams. And uh, and she had like half of her face was like burned off, right? Because all of them got burned in this thing. And the very last time, the little girl tugged on her arms so hard that she woke up and she literally had bruises on her arms, right? And this mm-hmm. is all in the documentary too. Uh, it's the last YouTube channel I have. It's on there. It's called Soul Survivors. If you want to see it, you can. But um, we went back over there and... and um, I read out all those names from the passengers list and that place started to light up, right? We were capturing all kinds of weird shit. It was literally creaking on the structure of it and stuff like that. And um, well, what I finally figured out was that there was a, supposedly a family with a young daughter, right? A, a couple with a young daughter traveling on there. And it was John and Jill Rob, but the mother wasn't there Right. And I started to think, did she get a bad feeling and not get on the plane? Ooh, right. That was one of my whole premises of what I was talking about, too. I'm like, okay, if you had any psychic ability at all, you'd probably get a bad feeling before getting on a plane that's destined to crash. I mean, I would would hope, right. Or or are some people just born to be victims? And that was kind of the premise that I was going with. And next thing you know, I find out that the mother, Mary, she ended up, uh, she was on the manifest. 
I surmise she got off the plane, but then she died shortly thereafter of a broken heart because they got killed, right? Or what? And and uh, they buried her along with uh, the empty caskets in Juno. So it's still a mystery to me of, of exactly what might have happened there, right? But it was strange because Ooh. when we were there, we literally asked the little girl on the, when we're on the spear box, we asked her why she kept appearing to Cynthia. And she said, mommy, right? And thought, oh, she looks like her mommy, right? And so that's why she was uh, appearing to Cynthia. And so it was pretty creepy. And uh, we never went back there after that. That was our last bit there. And so. so I feel like, and you can tell me to fuck off because it's none of my business. But if you had like a psychic medium or somebody on your team that could like help these people like cross over if that's what they needed to do, because that's heartbreaking to think like they're just stuck there in agony. And I would never. So sometimes I think maybe it's residual, but at the same time, a lot of the stuff that they get onto is like intelligent type of behavior. So mm-hmm. you have to think like, they don't know they're dead or if they do know they're dead, they're fucked because they're on a fucking deserted Island and they can't, well, how do you like, how do you even, you're a ghost. You don't know what the fuck to do. You're just, you just know you're a ghost. How do so, they know how to move on? Right. Right. Um, well, that was one of the things I, I did while we were doing that uh, investigation. I told them that if they wanted to, now they could move on because their story is told. Mm-hmm. And people know what happened to them now, that kind of thing. And um, I, I, I invited them to move on, right? And, and the one thing I used to think, too, was, is, um, you know, why they're stuck there. And, and I was telling that little girl that she, I was like, I, I know you're just staying with your dad, you know, but you can leave him, you can move on, you know, that kind of thing. And it was, it was really strange. We got some really strange reactions when I was saying those kind of things. Um, sometimes when I watch myself do these investigations, like watching somebody else completely. Right. I, I, sometimes I'm like, God, shut up, dude. <laughs> I want to slap myself. Right. Who is this guy? I kind of turn into like a freaking prosecuting attorney or something like that. Right. <laughs> and I was literally hounding the, the, the captain, uh, captain Alf Monson, the guy, the pilot, he was a Bush pilot and he moved up to the big leagues to Pan Am. And now he's flying commercial flights. Right. And he did and make a bonehead mistake. Right. Because they came in on bad weather and, and then they, they decided not to go to land, just go on to Juno. And so he'd literally turned to Juno, took a dead reckoning and piled it up on the largest mountain there. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Made a total bonehead mistake. I mean, all he would have to do was fly in any other direction and he, for a little while and he'd have been fine. But he for some reason, he didn't do that. And he cost them all their lives. Right. And I was literally pointing this out. And I was sitting there calling out to him, like, so Monson, what's the deal? Tell me, you know? And, and I was like, like I say, a prosecuting type attorney, right? Yeah. And, and we're right at near the back of the hangar and there's woods right there through the windows, right? And something literally raked through those woods, man. It was like the loudest shit that I ever heard, right? And it, both of us jump. We're like, what the fuck, right? And, and uh, so we knew we were getting somewhere with all that. And then as I listened to the recording after the things we couldn't hear, were like um you could hear moaning and shit like that and different weird voices and stuff um and the ones i could figure out of course i i put the caption on the screen for what i thought it was and stuff like that and there was a uh, we kept hearing this uh it, it was like a it was a weird uh noise that kept getting repeated and we could hear it in the um like 
you could hear it in the recorder if you had the earphones on and Cynthia had them on and she kept hearing it. And then there was these like little yelping, almost they're saying help or something like that. Right. And I literally started hearing them with my ears too. Right. It just got super intense and we were only there for like an hour and it was just one of the craziest bits ever. But um, yeah, I, I, I often wondered that too, if they can move on. Um, I, I guess the secret is, and this comes from different research that I did that, uh, like according to the Tibetan Book of the Dead and stuff like that, when you die, you need to be happy. Right? Oh, like, right. right. You die in fear, you will leave a particle of your emotion here. And that's why I used to think too, right? How are these people still here after 50 years, right? There's still some vestige of them here. How could they be transcending time and space kind of thing? And mm-hmm. so... Uh, that that will always kind of remain a great mystery. I don't know if anybody's ever going to solve that one. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's that's the realest shit right there, what you're talking about. That's the realest shit. And so are we talking about when they crashed, it was instant death? Or are we talking about like they some of them had to eat the other one's ass, like that one weird plane? You said crash. it was a flash fire in the cabin that pretty much killed everybody okay so it well was yeah it was a flash fire that sucked all the oxygen out and just pretty much everybody died almost simultaneously right mm-hmm. but i i know that i mean i'd sit there and think about it and i'm like what was the last thing that monson alf monson the captain saw right of course the mountain when he when he's coming flying directly at it probably tried to pull up or whatever right and just plows into it and literally i mean there was like this when i was uh calling him out there at the spot we kept capturing this weird moaning sound right almost like sounded like somebody crying and sobbing right like he probably did in the last few moments of his life feeling after he piled it up was all mangled and broken he probably lived for a few seconds right and and probably you know didn't feel too great about what just happened (laughs) and so was this a a big news story um there was there was quite a bit written about it back when it happened um, but of course, uh, nobody knew anything about it, it, it until I started researching it and I started to find things out uh, about how it happened and all that. And so uh, it, w- it was a pretty big story when it happened back in the day, right? There was quite a few articles about it. And um, yeah, they made a big deal about searching for him and everything until they finally found him. And they couldn't recover the bodies because it was like October and getting ready to start the winter. And so they they had to come back the next spring to get them. Right. It's, yeah. You can still go up there to the mountain too. People do that. I've never been up there. You can still go up there and see the debris of the wreckage, right? Um, still sitting there on that mountain. <laughs> do you ever go into it like, um, and you made me laugh so freaking hard when you said this, but you were like ghost hunters. <laughs> like, right. Do you go in like, trying to debunk it like they always go in and they're like is your toilet clogged is your shower drain snake right. so like and they do just ridiculous things like how's they your unit are you smelling some bad gas in your house and they go through this whole process of like trying to debunk everything and it's like i don't think my clogged toilet is causing the entities on <laughs> you know the side of my bed right. <laughs> like, what what are you talking about? So is this what you do? You kind of debunk it or you go in like, okay, let's just observe. Right. Um, 
how, how the whole TV show thing got started uh, was, I used to think, coincidence too, right? <laughs> and so, see, Cynthia, she was into all those kind of ghost shows, right? And she'd watch them on TV, so therefore I would too, right? And uh, I wasn't big on TV, but she she was, right? And so that was one of the few things we'd do after we got done working and stuff like that. We'd watch something, right? And so uh, she was into all those things. And, and of course, I thought they were completely retarded, right? These guys are doing the same stupid thing over and over again. Like, that's one of the things that if you look on the internet, you can search and it'll say how to do a ghost hunt, right? And this is basically what these dumbasses do every time, the same stupid thing. They always say, is there somebody here? Can you give us a sign? Right? And I used to just laugh at these idiots when they do that, right? And the joke I made was like, they say, can you give us a sign? Can you give us a knock? Can you roll over? Can you play dead? Oh, they might be able to do that last one pretty good. But, you know, you're basically insulting the spirit, you know, and that's why I looked at it. But they, they do the same stupid thing over and over again, right? That's the, the basic protocol that they'd always follow. Give us a knock, right? And and that right there was something that I would never do. I would it, actually, it kind of, it, it makes you think, think like it, you don't even believe they're there. Right. Right. You're doubting them already. And so I never did that. I would always show up and I'd start my investigation on a completely different note. I'd say, okay, we know you're here. We just want to know why you're still here. Right. That kind of thing. And then of course, if you can learn any details about the the spirit that's there, like how they died or even just their name, if you know, the name that, that you can have, you can get a reaction out of them far better than you can just shooting in the dark. Like they all did. And they'll all say stuff like, Oh, don't ever drink when you go on a ghost hunt. And I'll tell you the exact freaking opposite, right? There's a reason why they call alcohol spirits. That's because people see spirits when they're drinking because the spirits, supposedly the spirits like to come and piggyback that elated feeling that they can't get in post-corporeality, so to speak, right? And so that's why I will say, yes, have a drink, right? And that will invite the spirits to come around. And, uh, uh, stuff like that. It was just almost the exact opposite of every protocol <laughs> that they, they say right. on the internet. They say, right. And yeah. so you just made me have a weird thought. Okay. What if, and it just popped into my head. There are certain types of alcohol I drink that makes me feel different ways. Mm-hmm. So like I can drink dark stuff. I can drink Jack. I can drink any, anything like that. If I drink clear stuff, just take me home. Like nobody wants to be around me. I get (laughs) emotional. I'm like MSing and I can't drink like vodka, gin, clear tequila, none of that. So do you feel like the types of alcohol, like they always say like absinthe is like the holy drink or whatever. Right. So are you kind of like channeling now we don't know this because we're ignorant of everything in our society now, but maybe they were like, Oh, if you want to talk to um, this type of spirit, you need to drink whiskey. Or if you want to talk to this type of spirit, you need to drink gin or this is just like medicine. Almost depending on the outcome you want to have, you would take an Advil, Tylenol, uh, whatever, (laughs) something like that, like the spirit attached to it. Right. Um, well, they say that hard alcohol is why they call, they call spirits not really beer or wine, right? And because the hard alcohol is what it gets you a buzz faster and therefore probably uh, opens you up more to 
having a spirit uh, around. And um, now when I was going through all this, I literally was writing a script and trying to, I was trying to make a movie. Right. And I came up with this haunted idea and um, it was about a ghost, a guy that they couldn't figure out if, if he was homicide or suicided. Right. And they found him in like a little circle and they couldn't tell. And they, the detective who was assigned to the case course is this drunken dude to try to figure it out. Right. And that's the premise of the movie. But there was a couple of things that I also put in there and that was okay. As it turns out, the, the, the spirit of the dead guy was actually able to still continue to, um, he, he was like killing people before he died. Like, okay. Uh, he tells the story of how he just followed this drunk guy down the dock. And, uh, when the guy slipped and fell overboard, he just, he just put his foot on his head and shoved it down underwater. And everybody just thought he drowned as a drunk, right. Didn't know that he was murdered and he was doing shit like that. And then, um, as a spirit, he was able to even go for one bit further than piggybacking. Uh, if somebody was drunk in a drunk blackout, he could literally step inside their body and control them. Right. And he literally referred to it as drunk driving, right. <laughs> Get into the drunk and, and drive them and he could make them do things that they wouldn't do, like kill somebody. Right. And, and so uh, that was also a premise of it that I put in there. And so I'm not sure if that can actually happen, but I, I, I think a hundred percent that can happen because a lot of these serial killers have like um, almost like a split personality thing mm-hmm. where they like flip a switch and they're the killer and then they can go back yeah. to their family and not want to fucking murder their mom. They literally let something come in. That's my opinion. Right. Right. Um, I've, I've often wondered that, too, because I, I, I have no desire to kill anybody or never will. Right. And I don't know how they can actually live with themselves even after doing something like that. Right. But weird people. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's and why a different spirit, I guess. Yeah. And um, you write scripts and everything. So, you know, like there's a little bit of truth or inspiration from truth in every movie. So a lot right. of the things that we watch and we're like, that's a horror movie. It's fake, whatever it has a base somewhat in something that really happened. So even something like Harry Potter, the thing that, that breaks your soul and splits your soul into several pieces is murdering someone. So Voldemort was able to make all those like horcruxes or whatever, because he murdered several people and it split his soul into fragments. And when you're taking somebody else's life, not only are you like splitting your soul and like fragmenting that piece of yourself off, but you're letting, like you said, like these entities take over, like they're driving the car. Now you're not in control. You let it become you. And these are literally there's spirits attached to things like that, that you do like demonic spirits. And a lot of people think that's the only type of spirits. I think dead people can get stuck if they've died in Mm -hmm. horrific ways like like would you live in jeff Dahmer's apartment like be honest with me are you moving in there no no i would go there and investigate it for sure but as far as live there goes probably not but i actually was looking to try to rent a new place that i'm looking for a haunted place to you know continue on do a few more bits uh because i've got a few more ideas of what i want to do but uh it's hard to find a place right they're not going to tell you but it's haunted excuse me 
But mm-hmm. I had a, my aunt had a house that a guy had gotten murdered in a super haunted. And I was trying to get in there, but she just recently passed away too. And so now it's like, ah, fuck, you know, cause they're selling it and I can't get in there and whatnot. But, um, okay. My, my mom recently passed away here too. Right. I, I'm in her house right now. It's basically mine now, but, um, I was kind of caretaking her for the last couple of years during this whole demic, right? I, when I came back from LA, I, I pretty much have stayed here almost. Well, I, I took a few trips, but I've been mostly here since then. And now that was one of the things I, I knew that eventually my mom's going to pass away. She's an elder woman, right? She had a great life, all that. And I found her, she, she passed away on Easter Sunday. Mm. Ever so poetically, right? And I'm still not over it, of course, and never will be. I still cry all the time. Uh, miss her a lot. And, um, it's tough too because everybody she was well known and people always come up how's your mom right and I have to tell them uh, she's busy in heaven now right and they go, oh yeah. shit me hug and stuff right but I was worried too I was like okay am I gonna be able to stay here after is she gonna have is her spirit gonna be here right but I can tell you without any doubt at all in my mind that this place is absolutely unhaunted right <laughs> there's nothing here this is the creakiest house that I've ever been right if there was anything here I would know it and I I could feel it the morning after two hours just like this place was still silent and it doesn't have a bad feeling it has a great feeling right there because my mom was like a living saint she was prayed for everybody constantly right and um and so I, I believe she was she she knew exactly how to die she was happy she saw the astral plane and went fully towards it right and didn't leave us even a scrap of herself here and so I'm so proud of her for that because most people don't know how to die and they'll end up leaving a little bit of their emotion. And my theory is if you do that, you're not going to have your full power on the other side. You're going to be a shell of what you should be. And mm-hmm. so important to die happy, no matter what happens to you. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to be happy. My, I'm telling you that now, right? <laughs> yeah. um, I've done my job here. I, I, I was took care of my dad till he passed. Did the same with my mom. My job is done. Now I can fully, you know, I'll mm-hmm. be happy to, to pass on myself. I know it's fucking not going to happen forever, but. <laughs> well, I, I'm not, well, I guess I am. I'm a little bit morbid and uh, my mom passed away too. She passed away in 2017 and I was in my early twenties and, you know. So you've been through it too. Yeah. And I always thought that because our bond was like super strong and I always thought that I would feel her after she passed away like I was like she there's no way she can leave me like I'll still feel her yeah and um when she passed away like I kind of felt her leave the body like it wasn't the movies or something but I could tell she wasn't in there anymore and um I have dreams and they feel really real sometimes where I'm like talking to her, like being just walking down like a random sidewalk with her. But I feel like she was so ready and she had been sick for a long time. And it was, I'm ready to not have to feel like shit anymore, you know, because she had cancer and she was just done with all of that. I'm ready to go. But I do feel like people who are not ready, yeah. they have not come to terms. I'm in my 20s. If I got hit by a car tomorrow, I can't say that I would be ready to just move on. But right. at the same time, I don't know. Because like, if I saw my mom coming and getting me, and then I'd be like, woohoo, it's a party. Like, I'm ready yeah. to go. But I'm a little bit scared of 
not knowing what happens because of paranormal activity. Like, I don't want to be with somebody stuck in a house. Like, I don't want that to be me. So I, it is a little scary. I don't want to get stuck. Yeah. Um, that's, that's kind of the way I feel too. Right. And so that's why I'm, uh, I've read like different things, like uh, a bit of the Tibetan book of the dead, of course, where they talk about how if, if you have not learned the lessons you're supposed to have learned during your life, then you're going to have one more chance at it. You get 49 days that you'll supposedly walk the earth as an undead spirit. And, and if, if in that time you can learn those lessons that you didn't learn during life, then you will be able to ascend on. And um, th- that's basically the theory that they're putting out there. Right. And um, I thought, you know, better off to learn those lessons in life before you even have to do that 49 days. Right. That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And, uh, but I read another series of books that were really crazy. Uh, you can look these up. They definitely changed the way I thought about a lot of things. It was called the Ringing Cedars of Russia series uh, by Vladimir Megra, a Russian dude, right? And uh, it gives an alternate history of humanity that is 100% different than the crap we're fed in in force-fed. Like, um, yeah. I never believed evolution or any of that crap, right? It's a fraud. Right. The Big Bang is also a fraud, all of it, right? And so... I know that they're pushing fraud on everybody every day of our lives. And so if you can get past it, you might be able to learn something real. And so, but one of the things that this book said too, and that was the key to, to how to die properly. And that's just, like I said, be happy, right? You have to be like extraordinarily happy too, not just a little bit, right? You've got to be literally joyous to move on because you got to remind yourself that we're a mortal being having a, physical experience you're just leaving the physical molecules behind you're still alive you're not dead right your immortal beings never going to die your body will but your soul won't and so you got to be happy in that fact and and this is why people uh modern era they don't know how to die right it's it's like it's scary to them see my dad died in a completely different way he was like you, you know your mom he had cancer he had that mesothelioma right and his lungs filled up with fluid and um, I was literally there when he died and you could tell that he was just in total fear, right? In fear to die, the exact opposite way you're supposed to do it, right? And um, it was it was sad, but it was 100% different than how my mom went. I mean, she she was here at her own house. I could see that she was getting weaker and weaker though, you know, but um, she was 86 years old, had a great life. Um, when I came back in 2015, she was like, she was in way worse shape. Like, I mean, when I got back here in 2015, she was like, in her own words, she was like, feel like she was going to die. Right. And so I, I immediately uh, bought some water filters and bought a bunch of supplements that I took to help bring my health back. And I just started putting in the water and making her drink it. And within a month, boom, she had turned back around. Right. And, and then within two months, she was like, she, she would say stuff like, thank you for coming back and saving me, you know, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I'm like, Hey, you saved yourself right? You were the smart enough to take these supplements and flush your system and boom. And it gave her seven more years of life, right? 2015 to 2022. She got seven more years. I I feel proud of that accomplishment. And so um, when it did come time for her to pass, she, she did it very, uh, very intelligently. And (laughs) And like gracefully. Well, I remember her, one of the last few things she used to say too, like, um, because uh, they, they put stints in her heart. She had heart attack years back. Right. And they put stints in her heart. 
And then she, she said, all right, she's going on the no resuscitate thing, right? You know how they do that? No resuscitation. She goes, and I remember she used to say that she goes, next chance I get, she'd talk about going to heaven, right? Next time I get a chance to go, I'm going, she'd say, right? <laughs> and I'm like, well, what could I say, yeah. right? You know, like, okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Don't blame me, you know? But I think about it too, and she's super smart too. She's not going to have to go through any more of this bullshit that they're sh- shoveling us, right? In this mm-hmm. crappy clown world we're stuck in. I'm like, she was smart. She got out before it got too bad. Mm-hmm. So now here, uh, it's it's just up to to us to put up with it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I do feel like the people who are going through all of this right now, we're the ones who were meant to go through this. Like, if you believe in reincarnation at all, and I kind of do sometimes, cause I mm-hmm. feel like I might have done this several other times, but... Yeah. I feel like I chose to be here in this time and maybe my mom didn't because she was a Scorpio and she had constant panic attacks. She was like popping fucking Xanax tablets like they were Pez, like just pop, pop, pop. And like, she'd be good for the day, but she could not have have been going through this right now. She would not have worn a mask. She would not have done any of that. So in, in a way, I feel like, I'm supposed to be here. I chose to be here during this, but my mom was like, peace out, bitches. Like, (laughs) have fun with COVID. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It just wasn't her style anyway. Yeah. Um, The reincarnation thing, see, uh, both those books that I was talking about have mentioned that, the Tibetan Book of the Dead Mm -hmm. and then the Ringing Cedar series. Um, In the Book of the Dead, part of that is at the end of that, period too like you you supposedly you will start seeing (laughs) this is weird you'll start seeing visions of young couples about ready to have sex right and these you got to pick wisely because these are your supposed new parents right yes i've heard that too and you'll be reincarnated and born as their baby right and okay so now that comes from okay there's a way to not to, to be able to avoid this too as well I, I, I call it being shoved back into the mash. You're going to get jammed back down to a new body and have to go through this shit all over again. Fuck that. Right. <laughs> I've already learned enough. I don't want to go back through this shit. And so that's what you got to do. You have to ascend your vibration enough to where you can go up in a spiritual plane rather than having to be shoved back down and learn the lessons over and over again. So that's the thing. Learn the lessons in life you need to know. And basically that boils down to, uh, it, it's so hard to do that. <laughs> It boils down to being selfless, right? You have to literally love your enemy. And that right there, I was like, oh my God, that's the toughest one, isn't it? Right? Mm-hmm. How can I love these satanic fucking pedophiles that are ruining our whole society, right? I fucking can't. Right. I fucking can't. <laughs> just like so we have work to do before we get shoved back into another fucking body and have to go through this shit again, right? That's going to be the thing that I don't but want. If just going off a, another thing that you said about like you have to be like in enormous amounts of happiness to be right. able to pass. Okay, so let's take it from this. You are a murder victim. You've just gotten raped. Be- right. You've been tied up. You've been handcuffed. You've been fucking whatever they did to you. You cannot die in a peaceful, happy state. And then like they necrophile your body afterwards. And like you absolutely cannot. I don't know. I I would say that it might be easy to die happy because you'd just be in so much relief to be out of the torture that you're going through that you would be extremely joyous to escape the freaking mortal coil. Um, 
one of the things that I realized too about Ketchikan is I, th- I thought, man, this has got to be the most haunted place on earth, right? Because we would literally go up and down Creek Street there and, and see these freaking uh, mist anomalies just floating around. You could, people got murdered there for years, right? And so it was just uh, inundated with this freaking activity, right? And so it's like, I can agree with what you're saying. If you got murdered or something like that, of course, you're going to leave some type of a spirit here, right? There's just no way you can, you're going to be at peace no matter how, you, you know, mm-hmm. you playing like that. And so, yeah, this is the problem. I mean, I, I I know it's going to be difficult when it comes to that day, but I've also thought too, like, remember we were just talking about these plane crash victims? Yeah. Yeah, right. They didn't have a psychic feeling to get off the plane or anything. So basically you could just surmise that, yes, they were literally born to become these victims one day. Could that That's be the same thing? That's an interesting take. That's a very interesting take. Mm-hmm. Like right. they definitely was to be a victim in the end, right? Right, right. So, like before they reincarnated, they agreed to this type of an ending for themselves. They agreed to be the victim. They agreed. They did I something really fucking fucked up in their last life, and they had to come back in this life and have like a heinous death so that they could transcend. Right. Um, what, what I was kind of thinking, too, is I was like, okay, now, were these people also just born to be victims of people, right? Um, because I've, I've traveled around. I've done a lot of uh, stuff that would probably most people wouldn't do, right? Put myself in risky situations and whatnot. And, and then even growing up as a commercial fisherman, there was multiple times where we would almost get killed out there and some miraculous thing would save us, you know? And, and that happened to me multiple times. I have so many stories of that shit, right? And so it makes me think, gee, maybe I'm destined to not be a victim, I guess, right? I'm one of those. And so these are these things that we all try to ponder and figure out, you know, are we going yeah. to be a victim or not? I figured that I'd have been dead before I quit fishing, right? Because it was such a risky lifestyle. And then after I quit doing that, I was like, okay, oh, gee, I guess I'm going to live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. I'm one of those kind of people. A lot of my family members are too. Like we will talk to each other before we do anything. And we'll be like, do you have a bad feeling? And I'll get feelings about stuff. And one time we were going to go on like a school field trip to the zoo when I was in like kindergarten or first grade. And my mom drove me all the way to the school. I opened the door to get out of the car and I looked at my mom and I was just like, I have a bad feeling about this. I do not think I should be going on this field trip. And my mom was the kind of person she was like, enough said, close the door. We're going home because could you imagine like if somebody kidnapped me at the zoo that day how she would feel knowing I said that before like I got out of the car so she just took me home I didn't go to the field trip but notoriously in my family before we do anything we'll call one of the older did anything happen to the other people on the field trip no nothing nothing happened and I I could have been bsing but I do remember feeling like I just did not need to be going on the field trip that day but I was excited to go to the zoo so it was weird and if I'm about to make like a major life decision I'll call like my sister who's like 18 years older than me and I'll be like you have a bad feeling about this what what is your feeling and she'll be like I feel fine like go ahead and do it and it'll be fine but sometimes she'll be like nope I got a bad feeling and sometimes she has dreams that she's pregnant and then like one of our family members turns up pregnant 
Right. So she'll put it in our group text. I had a pregnant dream last night and I'm like, bitch, it's not me. It's somebody else. So I do feel like you can get feelings about stuff. Final destination type shit. Mm -hmm. Like with Seth MacFarlane was supposed to be on that plane or whatever. Do you believe (laughs) that? Or do you think that's BS? Oh, fuck. Those guys are all full of shit. He's full of shit, right? Uh, like, he didn't get no bad fucking feelings no, to not get on. He's full of shit. It isn't funny. Right? Yeah. Um, no, they, they're, they're all playing roles, and they're all uh, scripted. That's all shit. All that kind of shit is scripted. I mean, how many times have I ever even tried to talk about 9-11, and somebody says, hey, my aunt was on that plane, or some fucking stupid shit like that, right? It's like, no, you're full of shit. Right? And so, um, yeah kind of back to that whole thing where the plane crash victims right and that's the thing that um i used to think about too every time i got on a plane right because this is the only time in my life that i actually put my life in somebody else's hands right because they could crash that jet and we could all die right and so uh whenever i fly on a plane even to this day i make sure that i'm loose and pliable right <laughs> i always make sure i have a seat near the back right and if fuck that fucker's going down if anybody's gonna make it gonna be me right that kind of thing that's yes yeah uh, um that's the only time i ever have that kind of like okay this is it could go down this time is it gonna happen right it hasn't happened yet but i still think about that every time i I go to board a plane right and so i want to be a survivor though of the plane wreck even if we get stranded in like on like the alps and like i have to eat somebody's (laughs) like frozen eat somebody (laughs) Yeah, I will do oh. it. I just want to live. I do not want to be the one that seat gets ejected into midair and is like <laughs> falling. Like, I can't be that victim, but I will be right. the victim that's like, both my femur bones are fucking cracked, sticking right. out of my skin. I would rather do that than like fly through the air to my death. I just can't. Which, by the way, why don't they put a fucking parachute on like every <laughs> So, like, if you get fucking... Everybody gets you, one. <laughs> you can just be like, pull the lever. And, like, it fucking blows up and you fucking live. They don't think of this. That's I know, a right? solution. But, okay. <laughs> I have a follow-up question. You're from Alaska. You've lived there, like, your whole life, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. I've traveled around a little bit and lived in a couple other places for school years and shit like that. And then mm-hmm. in the winter, I like to winter in other places sometimes like Hawaii or Washington. I've been to California, all that crap. Right. But yeah. mostly my whole life. Yes. In Alaska. And matter of fact, I came back here. Uh, I was in LA right before they came out with the scamdemic. Right. And I just mm-hmm. freaking, I, I, uh, I was going to the comedy store every week. Right. And, um, I had this idea for a show for them. And um, because that place is haunted as fuck too. Did you know that? Yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I've heard like third handedly that it is fucking haunted as shit. That's why I was trying to get Sam Tripoli talked into fucking renting the podcast room for me downstairs or for us downstairs, and we could do a bit because they wouldn't rent it to me. I had to be somebody, right? And um, but um, I finally pitched them my show. I had this idea, what I called the Ghost of Comedy, because I noticed that they had they didn't take advantage of the place during the daylight hours right they only open at 7 p.m at night they wasted the whole day tourists back and forth they could be making money right they got this prime location so i pitched them this idea it was called the ghost of comedy it was gonna be part a a a comedy show where we played like dead comedians right in costume and then the other second half would be an actual paranormal investigation of the place right and so uh Dude, everybody who fucking heard this idea was just like, dear God, please, I hope it happens, right? They wanted to go, right? It was just going to be a 
a runaway show. And I finally got to one of the managers and pitched them the idea. And she was like, yes, sounds good. Let's do it. Right. The very next day they announced the fucking scam demic, right? The very, I'm not even kidding you. It was the next day I got, I got, got back home to Riverside where I was staying with my buddy's house and freaking, I'm not even kidding you. I was all woohoo. And I was all juiced and freaking shit. Took me a long time to go to sleep. I get up the next day and sure as shit, fucking there it was. Fucking coronavirus, right? You know, I, I called the bologna, bologna virus. virus. Fucking right. bologna I knew what was going to happen. So I escaped back home to Alaska right away. And sure as shit, in two weeks, LA was fucking locked down. They fucking shut down everything. The comedy store was closed, all that shit, right? They were closed for like a couple months. And then they started having these half-ass shows, right? So it just completely shot my whole idea out of the water right it just did not have a really good idea by the way because i would buy a ticket to see something like that because i'm a you know i'm a little sick freak and i like ghosts and all that so i have a sick sense of humor oh i know how to entice those fuckers to make a reaction too right we were going to have like some crazy shit happening i would have had a monitor set up with an infrared camera so we could see what was happening too right and it was Mm going to be a bit that we might put online and stuff like that i had big plans of course for it it would have blown up but of course Fate has other things, right? And the fucking baloney bias went off and everything went to shit. I always wanted to go back there and do that show, but I, I don't see it getting any better down there. And so well, Alaska I have is what to I'm say, saying. A lot of the times people say like the um the ghosts or spirits or or entities who what fill in the blank, they kind of feed on people's energy a little bit. And the more energy you have like concentrated in an area, the more active so 100 percent laughing you get people like high vibe and like the room's going to be radiating energy so mm-hmm. you're going to be able to pick up on more stuff just because of the energy of the room well um, you're 100 correct on that see that this is the how the premise goes does a ghost still haunt the place when nobody's there right does he rattle his chain when there's no one there and I the answer think, is no I think you have to charge the battery Exactly. Exactly what you're saying. You bring the energy that they use to manifest themselves. And yes. so if you, if you bring very little spiritual energy, they don't have shit, right? But if you do bring a lot with you, if you're a spiritual person, right, then they have a, an acre of energy that they can use off of you. And especially if you like start to give them energy by trying to contact them, right? And mm-hmm. then that, you're dead on on that. I, I believe that 100% that, that you have to bring energy in order to get them to, you know, yeah, and and then you just use your tools as kind of like the shock factor. Like you shock them, and then you're like, "Hey, I'm ready to talk," and like you've kind of charged the battery up a little bit, and they're ready to go. So I I think that idea you had is really cool. But yeah, you've lived in Alaska most of your life, and I watched a movie. It was called uh, The Fourth Kind, right? And it was supposed hundred percent fraud. Right. It was supposed yeah. to be like some true stuff that happened. Then it came out yeah. like it's all fraudulent. But I have heard Alaska has weird stuff. UFO phenomenon, mm-hmm. yeah. life in the sky. Oh, like yeah. seeing. Can you talk about cryptids, anything like that from your area? Oh, man. We just touched into a brand new subject because, yes, I can. Of course, um, we have things here that... Um, haven't really got to make it mainstream. Like, okay, I've seen the UFOs in the sky myself. Uh, it's part of my standup. I'd say, okay, I don't believe in Dracula. I don't believe in the Wolfman. <laughs> I don't believe in Frankenstein, but I do believe in ghosts because I have the proof. And of course, I see UFOs all the time. But here, as far as cryptids go, um, we have 
every every language here, every native language here has a different name for the woodsman, right? And down in Southeast Alaska, where I grew up, the most predominant name is, is and the most well-known name is Kushtaka, which Kushta is landowner, Ka means man. Kushtaka, landowner, man. It's a changeling, right? And it's, it's uh, this is where, I mean, it gets super creepy, right? And and down there, even back in the day, if you mentioned Kushtaka, like usually a couple people will get right the fuck up and walk out of the room, right? Because <laughs> they believe in it so much, is they don't want like to jump a, it up. It's like a Wendigo? Okay, this is the this is how the myth goes because I did I studied this and literally wrote a book about it, right? And um, but how it goes is Raven is creator here. Uh, Raven was the one who opened the clamshell and man sprang out, right? I mean, I tell these myths. That's why I do at the fair. That's why I just got through doing. I was uh, I was feeling storytelling. I tell these ancient myths to keep people entertained, right? And um, so how it goes when 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 Raven created. Kushta Ka, see, he loved Kushta because the, the land daughter, because he was such a good fisherman and he kept Raven well fed. And so Raven decided to impart a little bit of his power upon him. And he, he told uh, Kushta that he would make his home on a point that got, gets plenty of breeze from both sides. And that when people capsize in their canoes, you go out and save them and make them your friends. So basically what that means is that they live in a place of limbo, not in this world or the next, but someplace in between. It's a transparent village. And it's like, if you join their tribe, you don't make the journey to the other side. So it's considered a fate worse than death, right? You're stuck in this limbo-like state, right? And so um, what they do is they have these different little powers they can use. Like one of them is that they they can actually look inside your mind and see somebody you know and trust and as pure as that person to you in order to beguile you and sort of following them into the woods. If they can get you, and capture you then they can assimilate you into their tribe and and so you don't want to be screwing around in the woods alone these are the kind of things people that they target and like okay like he said if you capsize in your canoe like if you're sitting there your boat's sinking and you're in the water and all of a sudden another boat shows up and there's a hand reaching out to grab you you're not going to think about twice you're going to grab that hand right and anything to help you from drowning you won't realize that it's somebody who's been dead or right, right for a while. You'll just take, and as soon as you take that, they, they take your hand and pull you in, boom, you're stuck in the tribe now. And so there's all kinds of different creepy things that we had different stories down there. Our parents used to tell us to not go into the woods and stuff like that. They, these things can impersonate running water. In case you're thirsty and want to get a drink, they'll beguile you further in. But the craziest story I ever heard about it was when these elders told me about how they caught one of these things one time, right? And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? You caught one, right? Because uh, we all know that these are just, the woodsmen never reveal themselves hardly, right? Until they're ready to assimilate you. And so they said, these, these elders were sitting there. They said, okay, this isn't anything like Bigfoot. We all know Bigfoot's like a cryptid, like, you know, whatever, completely different than that. They said that Kushtaka are actually people that got lost, right? Lost people and, and they turn feral. He says they get strong, they turn tougher, right? They grow hair, they grow long nails, right? And they turn like, almost like, you know, like they might be part werewolf or something, right? <laughs> yeah, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And they're super strong. They're, they're like strength of five people, right? And, um, but they say that people can be saved from them too. Like this lady that had gotten lost, right? This is back in the, say, the probably the 50s. They were telling me this whole story, right? And uh, there was one of the lady in the village who got lost, um, like, the year before. And they just 
finally kind of figured, you know, she's got to be dead or whatever, right? She and, got um, taken. Yeah. That, that, well, a guy went out and was hunting in the spring and came across this lady and she was feral, you know, and, and he was like, oh, shit, I, I think I saw her. She's out here. And so they took a party out. A bunch of guys went out and sure shit, they that found her. It. Yeah. And they grabbed her. And it took all of them, right? And what they did, this is how he described what they did to him to save her, right? They said they put her in like this wooden barrel that had a bunch of uh, nails driven into it. Not all the way. They were only sticking out about a quarter inch in the inside. And then the barrel was full of rock salt, right? I know, man. When I was hearing the story, I'm like, are you kidding me? And I have this on videotape too, right? And so these elders, I mean, I'm sitting there freaking taking this in and I could tell they were serious, right? And so I was just like, wow, right? But they said they put the lady into the barrel with the salt and the nail, right? And they rolled it around. What? I know, right? And, 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 oh, well, you could hear the beast in there, and it was screaming in at him and cursing at him and gnashing its teeth and that kind of shit. I would gnash my fucking teeth if I got put in a fucking, fucking barrel. But see what happened at the end now is that they were rolling around for a while until all of a sudden the, the beast went quiet, right? And then pretty soon she started to cry and they immediately opened the barrel up and she was back to normal and they saved her from this uh curse curse thing right and i was like wait what no way Fuck, this is too much right but this is one of the stories that i gathered down there about these things now we've wow. all had good encounters in the woods but nothing like that you know what the fuck what the fuck yep and so uh okay now we have a place in southeast alaska it's always been there i mean um this this is where the story leads to there was a place and this is what i wrote my book about too right um there's a place in there that's called the bay of death in southeast alaska it's thomas bay and they say it's called that because there was a large landslide back 150 years or so that literally came down and wiped out an entire village of people. And so they call it the Bay of Death because of that. But when I did my research, I found out that it was called the Bay of Death even before that, because that tribe was the Kusaksaquan cannibals. Oh, and fuck off. Got anywhere near there, they killed and ate you. And then that landslide that wiped out that village was no coincidence. <laughs> and so, yeah, this is some of the untold story type stuff that nobody knows, but I, through my research, I can't prove this, but it led me to believe that the other villages, the other villagers decided to one night to cross that landslide and bury those fuckers. And how they did it was they, they packed. It was right before uh, winter, just as it was starting to freeze up there. And they carried uh, buckets and buckets of water up there and poured them into the cracks of the, the rocks right before our night when it froze and all that water seeped down and froze and knocked the mountainside loose. Oh, and because water expands and it cracks the bond of the rock, right? And they buried those fuckers in the landslide. And so they made that place cursed for like from then on. The place is, I've been there, but it's the creepiest fucking place, right? And um, everybody who goes there has some kind of crazy story, right? But the the, the side story is that there's a, a huge vein of gold there. And that's the only reason why uh, it, it got exposed when they did the avalanche, right? And that's why his prospectors were going there and all of them came out with crazy stories. Some of them didn't come out at all. 
And so the place oh, is like a cursed place. God. Oh yeah. I've always wanted to go there and do a paranormal investigation of it. And, and I've never had a, I mean, every time the opportunity, every time everything's set up, some weird circumstance makes it not happen. And so I finally gave up after years of trying, right? There was always some weird thing that would happen. The guy who was running the boat it would break down or there would be a death in somebody's family and they couldn't go, that kind of thing. I mean, there's always something. So but that was one thing I wanted to ask you is have, have you ever done a paranormal investigation? Yes, I have. Uh-huh. And, um... That's a good I've done so many. It's like, it's like unbelievable. Right. But, and, um, I never had any like equipment or, Uh um, see, I wouldn't do, I won't do one if I'm not recording because there's no point. Right. I I feel there's no point. I I need to have data to study and share. Otherwise, why are you even doing it? Right. If you're doing Mm -hmm. just for your own jollies, what the hell's the matter with you? (laughs) That's the way I look at it. And so, yes, I, I won't do anything without, at least one camera rolling to record what's happening. And um, all you'd have to do is set up an infrared camera for, you know, X amount of time. And yes, you're going to see. Uh, that's how I figure these places out too. I can figure out a place is haunted within 20 minutes just by walking around with my couple of different cameras that are infrared sensitive, right? And, and I can figure it out right away. Um, even if you can't get a bad feeling from a place, you can always sell it. And I, I, I can do it at a boat or anywhere like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I just wanted to share one thing too, uh, real quick about this place. Um, See, this place isn't haunted, but I remember years ago, see, my mom was bad about buying, you know, uh, secondhand shit. This place is fucking pack rat fucking heaven. I'm just trying to fucking clean it out. It's been taking me already weeks and months and I've been working. And so I don't have a lot of time, but I'm chipping away at it. Right. But I remember years ago, she had this other couch that was there upstairs. And I remember coming here. And um, uh, we were like fishing that back then, way back then, right? And we'd, we'd come up to Anchorage and party. And um, I remember um, my brother somehow talked me into coming out here, right? He's like, let's go out to Mons. And he's like, like, we can crash out there, blah, 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 whatever, right? I'm like, all right, fine. So we came out here and my mom, of course, happy to see us, right? And so we talked for a little while and then we all go to sleep, right? And um, I try to sleep on that couch and... Uh, Every time I fucking nod, as soon as my eyes would nod out, right, it, it, I had this super vivid dream of, like, arms coming out of the couch that I'm laying on and grabbing me, right? And and at first, they were just they lo- mostly human-looking arms. But I was like, well, I woke up, and I'm like, God, what the fuck's that? Well, well, whatever, right? Go back to sleep. Same exact thing happens. This time, there's three layers of arms, and some of them are, like, uh look like gorilla arms and shit till pretty soon they were just full on demon arms grabbing me. Right. And I'm like, fuck, I can't sleep on this couch. Right. I literally yeah. went and slept on the floor of my mom's room. Right. And and I was able to sleep. And then after that, I got rid of that fucking couch. Right? It was the fucking couch. It was, there was something, somebody got killed on that fucker or something. Right. And as soon as I got that couch out of here, it was like, boom, all better. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was so grateful for that. And there's a different up there now. <laughs> But I, that's how, I mean, I know that uh, these things can be attached to uh, furniture or relics or items or anything, right? And so that's uh, why I was so glad that fucking thing's gone now, but. <laughs> well, uh, and it's it's something about estate sales. I don't, 
I used to be like a big like yard sale, estate sale, goodwill person. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, I found like the coolest thing for like five bucks. But I realized when you take that stuff home, you take home whatever is attached to that item. You don't know wow. what the fuck is attached to that. Item. So let's just say you're a thrifter and you go to the Goodwill and you get a fucking shirt, a pair of fucking pants, whatever you get, something. And this person was into dark shit, okay? They wore the shirt, they wore the pants, they wore the, you know, God forbid you get a pair of like underwear, whatever you do at the Goodwill, you're buying shit, okay? And then you're putting it on. Whatever is attached to that shit, there's no amount of tide in the world that can get that shit off. You are (laughs) now wearing, you're sitting in that energy. Right. So I, you know, obviously you could sage or you could put a little salt water soak on it and try to like neutralize, but I'm to the point now where it's like the esoteric, the spiritual realm, all of the entities, all of this, it's so, it's the realest shit. And I wish people would just stop almost um, making it taboo. Like we're in 2022. Okay. Like this is taboo. This is taboo. Thinking <laughs> that ghosts and spirits are real is taboo. In 2022, this is still the thing. I just don't get it. Yeah, I I know what you mean. I, I got mocked a lot, even amongst my own family members, right? After doing this whole paranormal thing. And um, uh, it was like, you get attacked a lot by people who just don't understand. And uh, I always blew that shit off, right? I mean, these are people who just don't get it. And the the thing that I made about our show different is that we weren't trying to say, oh, we swear we saw a ghost. No, I'm going to show you this creepy shit we captured. You make up your own mind about it, right? And so a lot of times it was a creepy voice, not just something that flew through the screen, even though that's what I liked the most was the weird anomalies. And um, capturing them on def- different camera angles proved that they weren't just dust particles and stuff like that, right? But um, the main thing that... I was took away from it is too is the difference why because Cynthia used to ask me this too so like why do I get assaulted and you don't right and I told her quite simply that they can't assault me and she's like huh? right and I'm like no I have too many spiritual allies and the thing about her was okay and I, I explained this in the documentary too because it's part of the story and um poor Cynthia had been a victim of uh sexual abuse from her own grandfather and so that's why when she went and confronted him in the grave it was a big thing right and and so the reason why she could get assaulted is because the sad part about people who suffer that is that they turn their back on the creator the god whatever you want to call it and um because where was he when they needed him most right but they actually do believe in the evil the devil the satan because sure shit they've seen him face to face right while they're being abused they saw it and so they, they leave themselves a wide open spiritual target because they have no ally, but they do believe in the worst evil too, right? And so I just deduced this, of course, and I told her, I said, and that's why I pulled her back, pulled us back from after she got assaulted the second time, right? And I said, look, we can't do this unless you gain an ally. I don't care who it is. It could be God. It could be Earth. It could be Gaia. I don't care. Just as long as you have an ally, then you'll have spiritual protection. You won't be able to be assaulted anymore until such time that we won't be doing this anymore right and the good news is she did uh go back to creation right and so that was this victory in itself 
But there's other things you can do to make sure you're fully protected from these things and you don't have to worry about buying a pair of clothes that might have something in it, right? And uh, I, I touched on this a little bit with Dave, Davey too. Uh, and uh, the, the main one too is like, is allying yourself with the four directions. That right there will will give you, I mean, right now you're allied with the cardinal angels of the earth. Nothing else can get to you once you start being uh, aligned with them. And it's very simple. I started doing this a long time ago. You just bow to the four directions daily. And pretty soon you can start learning their names and whatnot. And, and that's also very strong. But as like Carlos Castaneda explained, uh, Don Wine said, you can't be a magician unless you're allied with the trees. Right? Yeah. And so I thought, well, how do you do that? And so uh, I started to just uh, bite a little piece of tree bark off every once in a while. And you ingest that. And part of that tree becomes part of you. And you, in turn, are become part of it. And if you could start doing that, most of the time I just hang out down by the creek and sit under these certain trees that I like, right? Ally with nature, ground yourself to earth, take your shoes off. I guess sit in the cold water all the time too, right? That's a real powerful grounding technique. And so if you sit out there and just literally ally yourself with the trees, trust me, none of these spirits will ever get close to you. You know, you can live in absolute confidence. And that's how I, that's the only reason why I, I don't know how people can do without it. To, to tell you the truth, because this world is so fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need allies. Yeah. Yes. Keep your magic pure. So. So what do you think about um, your health playing a part in this? Because I remember you talking about on the other episode, you said like, you need to be drinking clean water. You need to be like not trashing your body. You need mm-hmm. to be. So one thing that you had mentioned was like some type of a colon cleanse thing. And I want to fucking know about it because I want whatever the powder was that you said, like, what is the colon cleanse? Um, Okay. If you go on my Instagram page, you'll see my link to YouTube channel. And that's the last one I have. I mean, I literally, they censored me um, off because I started doing the truth or thing, right. The conspiracy theory. Right. And so I kept one, I, I got one little back door into one channel and I don't put anything truth or on it at all. I just wanted to put stuff that I did in my filmmaking and this video series I made on how to reboot your entire health step-by-step. And these are the protocols I used to save my mom uh, from, I mean, cause she was like, she was not kidding. She was one foot in the grave. She was walking along with those little bitty half steps. Right. I mean, I was in tears when I saw her. I was like, God, I didn't know she'd gotten this bad. Right. And so she responded to it within a few months. Anybody can. Uh, another good story about this is my buddy down in Ketchikan. He he was one of the only people who did this that I know of, right? Out of the billion people I've tried to get to do it. Right? There's only a handful of people who have. And they've shown incredible results, right? And so, but it's it's hard to get people to try to do it. Anyway, he did it. Within a month, he had finally gotten his first son, right? Because he had lo- such low testosterone, he was shooting blanks. Boom. Knocked his girlfriend up within a month of doing this stuff. But you can find it all on my uh, YouTube channel. It's called the Click on Me to Live video series. And it goes through, there's like six or seven of them. And it tells you exactly the system that it took me about 10 years to learn. But you start out filtering your water. Water is the first thing to address because your water's and your body's constantly replacing itself. If you're going to be replacing it with toilet water, which is most municipal water, then you're going to be a toilet. And so... So you address your water first, 
and then you're hydrated again. So that way you can flush your colon without becoming extra dehydrated. And so it's very important to address your water first, because once you do that colon flush, it's going to dehydrate you as you're crapping all the stuff out because that oxy powder will liquefy everything that's stuck in your intestinal tract. Cause we all have it, right? Most people don't want to talk about this because it's gross. And, and so that's, they end up avoiding it and suffering forever. But once you finally do flush your colon out, you can start to absorb nutrients and stuff like that. It's it, it, it your, your life will turn around 180 degrees. I mean, everybody responds to it positively and, so I, I hope you do try it. But yeah, look at the video series. You also have to take the parasite stuff at the same time because it'll knock the parasites out and they'll flush out with everything else. If you don't take that parasite knockout, you'll end up, they'll stay in there and they'll give you cravings. And mm. yeah, that's a mistake I made the first time I did. I did four week flush of just the oxy powder alone. And then I was craving like everything, right? I was craving candy and stuff. I never eat candy. I'm sitting there eating it. I'm like, what's wrong with me? And so I figured it out. And then I did a six week flush with the parasite cleanse along with the ox powder and n- nothing's ever been the same for me again, man. It's been fucking awesome. Uh, what is the oxy? Like, what is that? Uh, developed by Dr. Group. Basically it's like, it's a form of magnesium, but what it does is go in there and it liquefies anything that's lodged in your intestinal tract and then you just crap it out. And so be prepared and ready for that. Like, is it like the kind of craps, like I need to like pray and like get right with God before I get on. (laughs) Yeah, they're biblical. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. um, For me, it was, it was like dramatic, but of course, every day you feel better because this stuff is coming out of you. Right. And, and you could see if you look down in the bowl, right. You could see that this Mm -hmm. stuff was weird and looked like it had been in there a long time. Right. All Mm -hmm. different colors and weird stuff like that. And so I was excited because I always wanted to flush my colon out. Never found anything that worked. This was the only product I ever found that ever worked. And so I, I recommend it fully. And um, well, Global Healing Center is where you get all this stuff. Yeah. Global Healing Center? Yeah, you can watch the, the video series. I explain it really succinctly there, right? And I mm-hmm. literally put um, the pictures of the stuff up there and whatnot. And where I could post the links because they don't let you post some of the links. Where I could, I posted them too as well. So. You can just go right on there and find these things. It can cost you some money, but I mean, you're, I think your body's worth it. Yeah, it's totally worth it. And I was going to say, like, after we get done, like, I'll have you message me of like some of the links if you can, so I can just put mm-hmm. them in the show notes for people. Cause I'm a big natural health person and my audience kind of knows that like, I won't take pharmaceuticals like whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I go beyond even just the colon flush. You go to a liver flush and then a blood cleanse as well. And those are all kind of, if, if you can at least do those first three steps, man, you will literally transform yourself and you'll, you'll be so happy because you're going to be living a, a completely different life after that. Um, it, it is that it's really that dramatic, but you got to go through with it. Right. And that's what a lot of people don't do is follow through. But one of my friends is actually going through it right now too. And she's all like, Oh my God, this is amazing. I'm, you know, cause you lose weight. Uh, you lose weight that's lodged inside your gut, which you're never going to lose no matter how much you work out or whatever. But there's also a, a, the, 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 a, another inexpensive method for boosting your immune system and flushing yourself, too. And uh, it's actually free. Um, and this is what we call the, the limited cold exposure. I was, remember I was telling you I go down by my creek and I sit in the cold water. And if you can do that for about an hour at a time, you don't really have to sit in the water all that time. You just got to get in there, let it draw the heat out of you. And then you shiver by the side. You do that for about an hour till your fingertips go numb. And that's what you call one 
uh, limited cold exposure. If you can do that for several weeks, as Wim Hof has proven, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, the Iceman, he's proven that limited cold exposure will boost your immune system to a level where you'll never be susceptible to any type of sickness. And that includes cancer and all that. And so um, the ancient warrior class knew about this. And actually, it'll, you'll lose weight as well because it burns body fat after you. And it literally will cure depression, any type of depression you're under. Once you get out in nature like that and you spend that much time, even if you're just out sitting underneath a tree for an hour a day, you're going to cure yourself. But getting in that cold water is the most stringent form of, of earthing that there is uh, grounding. Because once you get in that water, it just literally changes everything about your physiology in just seconds, right? You just everything changes you start creating new hormones and pheromones and cortisol and it takes care of the inflammation and the you stop hurting it's insane you got to try it yeah i work at a desk job um i'm one of those girls that has like a fucking blanket and a fucking fleece throw and like right. scarf on at work. Well, i don't like the cold by any means trust me people yeah, think, people think that they, they like, go you must like I, the cold. I'm like, no, I hate the cold. I just know that if I go and do this occasionally, not only are you, you get more tolerant to cold, but like I said, it, it's the health benefits are uh, out of this world, right? And it cured me from being depressed too, as well. I was like, I was under like bad depression, like getting towards be suicidal, right? And and that sitting in that cold water cured me in, in less than seven days. And I videotaped it, right? Because I wanted to prove that I was doing it. And you there's a the one bit at day four where you can literally see the, the entire change for me, right? I go 180 degrees. It was the coolest thing. Um, I was like filming it and it was like, it was, usually I like to go when it's sunny, right? So that way you can get on the side of the bank and you'll warm up fast. But if it's cold out, it takes you a while to warm back up. So I was sitting there and I had to do it because I committed to doing it for a week. And I'm like looking at, I turned the camera on and I literally look at it and I'm like, all right, I think I fucking lost my mind. I don't know why I'm doing this stupid bullshit, but here I go. I'm getting in it, right? I mean, this is how bad my attitude was. I was really fucking literally cussing the camera out, right? And I go fucking walking in the water. I'm sitting there, fucking so stupid motherfucking. I sit down right <laughs> into the water. I was like, oh, fuck. <sighs> right? And I start laying back into it because it's hard to do, right? It, it's difficult. I mean, and the hardest part is putting your back and your neck and your head in it, right? That's the worst part. Oh my so God, I do right. not want to put my vagina in there. <laughs> I used to think putting my nads in there was the worst part. No, putting your back in there is the hardest part, right? Once you lay back into the water, you're just like, oh God, no, right? And so you can see me on film. I can't see them, but the camera pack catches it perfectly. A school of salmon comes swimming up right around me while I'm sitting in the creek on this day four, right? And I don't notice it at all, right? They're swimming right by me. <laughs> right. And so I, 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 I lean back, right. And they're still circling around me. And when I sat back up, that's when they startled. And, and I was like, Oh fuck. And I noticed that there was a school of fucking salmon in the Creek right there with me. Right. And I start laughing. I look at the camera. I'm like, Holy fuck salmon. Right. And by, I mean, that's where you could see the whole change in me. Right. Pretty soon I was like all happy and I'm sitting there talking to these salmon and shit. And, and I didn't even know the creek had salmon in them, right? <laughs> and, <fucking laughs> out there, and, and I had a great time that night, packed up the camera, went home, got my fucking fishing rod, went back and it's woo right? <laughs> and so everything changed for me in that day. I went from being a depressed asshole and to being this fucking having a great time within like 20 minutes. <laughs> I have to tell you though, I, um, I live in Oklahoma. Everyone knows this. And, um, 
I'll probably have to do like a home job version of this, like where right. I get in the freezing cold shower because our lakes around here, like I promise you a yeast infection if I get in too deep. Oh, wow. So I'm not like, so a, like I wasn't, I, I don't really go in the lake either. I, I do it in the running water, right? The water's got to be flowing. Yeah, I have wow. no idea where the running water is around here. I mean, I'm, and if there is, it's full of fucking shitty diapers. So I, I, if I wouldn't recommend doing the in-home version either, because unless, of course, you have a, a filter on your water for your I bath, do. right? If you have, you got to get a nice, one of those nice stringent ones too, right? Mm-hmm. Not like the ones you buy at the store. Got to get those ones from online. Um, but if you do that, then yes, that would be fine. But don't try not to use the municipal water. And and um, do watch that documentary, the thing I recommend in the very first thing that I'm going to send you, the health thing about water. It, it, all you have to do, this sounds funny, but you, you literally have to talk to the water and thank it. And, and you can literally say, I love you to it. And it will literally change the molecular structure of it. And so uh, this is something that um, I've been doing for a long time. <laughs> and people yeah. thought I was crazy to begin with, right? <laughs> and, and I thought I was too. But after you freaking get more into it like i can't drink any water anywhere else i have my own filter system i freaking write on my filter basin it says i love you and and love and respect and shit right on it um and that will literally help the molecular structure of it and uh now i can't the bad part is i can't consume water anywhere else now right if i went out to a restaurant and take a sip of the water they serve you fuck i get this weird metallic taste that just saturates my mouth and i have to drink a shot of tequila to rinse it away right and um and then now I can't, uh, I have to travel with a shower filter too. When I go into a hotel, boom, I put a shower filter on there. Otherwise that shit is just it, it, it really hard on your skin after you, you've done this for long enough. Right. But you the health benefits are Oklahoma. best. Yeah. Have you ever been to Oklahoma? I have been, the closest I think I've been there is to Kansas. <laughs> but our water has Texas. legs. Our water has fucking personality. So LA, or no, uh, Las Vegas. Oh my God! Have you been there? That I don't even need to go stinks. there because our water. Those fountains. I, those fountains no. that they blow off. You can literally smell the reek of fucking chemicals. It smells like fucking sewage and. It smells like too, right. Freaks it smells me out. like a fucking dead mouse or something. Yeah, that's that's Oklahoma water. Horrifying. Like our shit yeah. is fucking brown. I'm telling you. So. I have filters on all my taps and all that. I only drink like bottled alkaline water and stuff. Like I try to be really cautious about it. This one time we, I had just moved here and they were like, we're all going down to the lake. And I was like, Oh, and I'm used to looking at Lake Erie. It's not, you know, a butte, but it's nice enough to like swim in. And it's a, obviously it's a natural lake, but these are man-made lakes. And I go to this lake and it's fucking brown, murky, like you can't see your hand from like five feet under, like it's fucking gone, red dirt everywhere. And I was like, we drink this. And like, and I just, I was like, I'm not getting my vagina or my butthole. (laughs) Like I'm not. So I try to do nature stuff i try to like uh you know walk around barefoot or plant like my little garden and i have a peach tree and stuff and like i try to attend to that and that's like connects me with nature but our water is on a whole nother fucking level yeah so i'm glad to be here because we have like abundance of of good water here 
And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I'm lucky, I guess. You are. It's you are blessed and highly favored, sir. Because <laughs> not everybody has water like that. But I'm gonna. Yeah, it's not easy to live up here, though, either, right? And um, because here we're gonna be coming into winter now, and we we all feel gypped because our summer sucked this year. It was raining fucking constantly, and um, I mean the the summer started out good to start with. The spring was like, and we had this uh hot sunny drought type for like a m- way too long it was over a month and that never happens right and then all of a sudden it just turned to rain and never stopped until fuck today we get a little bit of sunshine right it's already over basically and we're all sitting here grumbling our way because the snow is going to be flying any minute right and so most people uh if they come to alaska in the summer they love it you come here in the winter you're gonna be like fuck this place <laughs> that's no joke it it can be hell right yeah. Um, so do you not get a fall like where the leaves change and like beautiful? Yeah, that's trees? that happened just like in the last couple of weeks. And it was just fucking like they almost all the trees just all the leaves just fell off at yeah, once. Okay. Almost, right? So yeah, you do was, get like a pretty fall. It, uh, well, we're le- we're getting a little revised here at the last minute because, um, well, what I think the theory is, is that they've been controlling the weather all summer in different places of the world. Once they start doing that other place in the world gets weird weather and that's why we had all this fucking weird weather but now they finally let up on it a little bit and so one of the strangest things happened here which hardly ever happens i've never seen it except for maybe one other time ages ago is uh when the snow line starts coming down the mountain in the winter we see the termination dust we call at the top it comes down it comes down it comes down it comes down until finally boom we're blanketed with snow for the rest of the winter and but this year it came down, came down, and I was like, "Fuck, here we're gonna get snow in September already." God damn, we're all grumbling, right? And all of a sudden it, it's warmed back up now, and the snow line has literally gone back up way up to the top of the mountain. It's like, what the fuck, right? And that never happens. And so we've got a little warm streak that's warming us up and fighting the snow off here for a little bit. And I can see it probably going to happen for a week or two. And so we're all like, "Woohoo!" At least we can get a, some shit done before it happens and so yeah weird weird weather we're having here insane um this is completely like a different part of the world but like when i lived in ohio we would get like lake effect snow so we'd have like six feet of snow like you couldn't open your doors you can drive your car like all of our cars have like massive rust like from all the salt and all the shit so um in oklahoma it was a shock to me because it's like warm all the time we have green winters and green everything right i miss the falls because the falls in the north are beautiful like magnificent but um our summer was unusually rainy and we got to like 118 degrees it was like that every single day like you couldn't even touch your steering wheel in your car because you'll burn your fucking your hands um so everybody was talking about record high heat and rain this summer in oklahoma and now you're talking about rain as well and i almost think that this is like a chemical shower yeah yeah I, i think that of course they've been controlling the weather um all around to make this growing season suck for everybody because that's exactly what happened for me anyway. But other people did pretty good this summer, but I was so busy working like two different fucking jobs right after my mom passed and shit like that, that I I didn't hardly get my garden even going at all. And and it it was a shitty year anyway. And so I think a, a lot of people had a failing 
crop up here too because mm-hmm. of all that fucking bad weather. It was just cold too all the time. Sucked. Yeah, we had heat and rain, which was make, like Oklahoma's like the allergy capital of the world. Everybody's wow. eyes were burning, noses itching, like everything was. I have the beautiful um, allergy reaction of skin rash. So oh, I no. had Benadryl cream from head to toe. Also. Oh, no. But um, I was going to ask you, so I've never been to Alaska. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to go. Yeah. But bucket list. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a bucket list thing because I enjoy the majesty of the mountains and the beautiful. They literally have a thing here called Alaska before you die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Really? Yeah, it's a comedy thing, right? They're trying to get comedians to come up here because they want m- more talent to come up here because we got a crappy comedy scene, right? And they say, hey, we got this fest going on. It's coming up. Uh, it comes up in the spring and they're like, come to Alaska before you die is the pitch, right? And so people, they'll talk comedians into coming up and doing the show because of that. And, and that kind of, it's kind of one of those things that the tourist industry kind of did a little bit of that too, right? Before you mm-hmm. die, Alaska. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you why. The first reason I wanted to go was because I watched the movie 40 Days of Night. And I was like, I want to see if this is really as real as they say it is. You never see the sun and all of this. And then I watched Fourth Kind and I was like, oh, I got to go to Alaska. Like, it's got to be like spirits everywhere. And it just seems so magical to me. Um, But I wanted to ask you if that's a real thing for you. Like, you never see the sun during the winter. Right. Okay, this is a quick explanation on that. Up here, it's different. We're so far up in the uh, uh, on the earth that it's like we're either gaining or losing five minutes of daylight every day. So now that it's turning to winter, we're losing five minutes of daylight every day. Like in Hawaii, you're on the equator and it's 12 hours of dark, dark 12 hours of light every day. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change. Up here, it changes because the seasons are so dramatic. So basically what happens is in the middle of the winter here where I'm at, uh, we'll have like maybe four or five hours of of daylight and then the rest will be dark, right? But in the winter or in the summer, the exact opposite. We're going to have 18, 19 hours of daylight and only about four or five hours of darkness. And it doesn't even really get that dark. It's just kind of dusky, right? So that's what trips everybody out when they come here in the middle of the summer. Like I went to this rock show this summer in June, right? When we're in the middle of the longest days, right? And it was like, like 11 30 or 12 or something like that was they're winding down the show and the guys are going jesus does the sun ever go down around here and we're like not in the summer right and they're all like this is amazing i know you guys get it every day but we just can't understand it right they're they're all treated and everybody is when they come here in the summer and you'll be the same way in the winter it'll be dark almost all the time right and what they're talking about in that movie is way up in barrow where actually yes uh the sun will freaking literally go below the fucking sun or the horizon and you won't see it for like um i think it's only like about a week or two or three or something like that i don't know if it's exactly 40 days but yeah you you got that kind of extreme darkness and then in the summertime exact opposite you got daylight fucking 24 hour right and so strange i say say fuck that i'm coming in the fall then where i can get a good night's sleep and also enjoy the daylight i could right I, i always say it's either spring or fall is the best time Right. So you're not yes. in the middle of the summer. You're, you're, the springtime is always good because everything's just waking up. But the fall time, you, you don't have to deal with the leftover snow because you What's do that. In the spring. Fall, fall day for you, like 70 degrees, 60. Like right now, today, I don't even really know what it is. It's warmer than it has been lately today. 
because there's some sunshine for the first time in fucking forever, right? And uh, I was like hanging out in it earlier, um, and I'll probably go out and work in my yard a little bit after this. But um, I think it's only like about sixty something, right? And that's still okay. warm for us, right? It does. It is cold up here. And but uh, you were talking about that movie, The Fourth Kind. Now, um, of course, we know it's a fraud, right? <laughs> and how you can tell is because there's no trees in Nome. And wherever they filmed that in, there was all these trees, right? <laughs> it was Washington or something, right? But um, the, the thing that they're talking about, why they made that about Nome, is because there are a lot of missing people go there, right? A lot of people go missing there, and they don't they don't know why. And the in explanation, Nome, Alaska. Yeah. The explanation How far away simple. is that from you? It's, it's, it's not close. It's, um, I'm like in this, the lower center part of the state, and that would be up into, like, it's about, I don't know seven or 800 miles from where I'm at. But um, now the reason why Nome has so many missing people for the simple reason is fucking right there on the edge of the ocean. And a lot of drunk people wander off and die. Right. And so, uh, and it can happen to anybody. You don't have to be drunk necessarily. Right. Cause it's dark all the time and you could easily freaking disappear. Right? And so that's mostly what happens, but they try to attribute it to UFOs and all kinds of this shit and stuff like, like paranormal that. or supernatural or. Right. But most of the time, I'm such a like mystic. I feel like there's got to be something mystical about it. But I, it could just. I'm sure it's haunted. (laughs) Yeah, I know that. The listeners want to check out some of the stuff that you have going on. Like, what can you tell us? Do you have something new coming down the pike? Um. Yeah. After I got like censored, I mean, I used to have a channel on YouTube that had over a million views. And um, I used to actually it was monetized there for a while. Google used to give me little payments, right? But then when I started doing the whole truth of thing, man, they cut that monetization and then literally censored the channel. But I have one uh, little artistic type film, the my filmmaker type channel where I don't put any of that stuff that'll get me any strikes. <laughs> and it's just, it, it's a shadow of a former shadow. There's only a few subscribers on it, but at least it has my documentary on it. And so you can go there and see the documentary that we I, I made about the television show. I just compressed everything down into like an hour and a half. And it tells our story pretty much almost like a, um, it's almost like a scripted movie, right? It just tells our story, how it happened to us, what, what went down. And it's not even like a documentary at all. But uh, and then also the health videos are on there. And so you, you've you're you're uh, I know you're on Instagram. And so that's an easy way to get to my YouTube channel too. So if they go to my Instagram page, Reg from Alaska, the paranormal Alaskan, right? And you click on the link of the, the YouTube channel in the bio, that'll bring you to the 907 Studios AK channel where you can see the health videos and the documentary. And then I'm also going to be putting out um, that movie I was telling you about that we made. And we actually captured paranormal activity while filming that movie. I didn't even know it until I'm re-editing it now. And I'm like trying to use every shot I can that has it in there, right? And so that'll be coming up along with a few other things uh, from like, I didn't use all the uh, footage I had in the first production, but I started working on it a few years ago, but I kind of freaking, once you, I stare at the computer too long, I have to give it a break, right? Editing will do that. And so I went through the, the old, all our old footage and I'm actually going to start to publish the full story as I call it, Paranormal Ask of the full story that, that never really got told. So those are the things I got coming up <laughs> for this winter. That's fucking amazing. A lot of work. I want to encourage you to, if you want to try another investigation again, though, to pick up a little bit of equipment first, like as in uh, an infrared camera, a Sony. Those are the only ones that really work 
Um, and I have to get the throwback ones that have the tapes because the magnetic tape recorder will capture the evidence, whereas the digital one doesn't get that much because you need magnetic tape for the magnetic disturbance, i.e. the ghost. I figured that out. And so if you get those old throwback ones off eBay, boom, you'll start capturing weird shit right off the bat. Or you can get the old Nikon cool picks, the ones that are back from like um, the, the little red ones back from like the 90s or whatever. That's a cheap alternative too. You can get those on eBay pretty cheap. And those, that's before they made the infrared filter more stringent. And so if you go around and take 20 random pictures at a haunted place, you're going to capture orbs for sure. And so that way you know if the place is haunted too, right? I had a, a cool pics and... Um, That'll be the real old one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had a cool pic. So I was born in 94, so obviously it wasn't too old, but I took all my plenty of fish pictures <laughs> on a, a cool pic. Nice. So, but I am still interested in it. I am kind of a scaredy cat. Not really. You can go to a cemetery. All all of them pretty much have activity. And you can also get one of those little digital recorders, even to just, if you like to record a bit, you can at least listen to it later and see if you hear any weird voices, because that happens. Right. And so that's Um, where you can help There's this haunted castle thing in Oklahoma, and it's by a waterfall, like a natural Uh waterfall. And it's it's this park it's called turner falls and um they say that they see like a witch over there and like like a waterfall and it's beautiful and there's like this old abandoned like castle-like structure and my mom was really into all of this stuff she watched the ghost hunters and Uh and all of those hunters so um before she passed away (laughs) and I'm telling you, she was like chemoed out. Like she barely had a little fuzz on her hair and like oh, no. she was really sick. And she was like, will you take me to those castles over there so I can do an EVP session? Right. And I was like, yes, mom, of course. And she just like did it on her phone. And like she walked around and asked like all the questions. And like I took a video and pictures of her doing it. And that's like one of the most in like stone uh records memories so like yeah. anything made of stone mm-hmm. running water a lot of stones around there boulders and mountains so like she did her little evp session it made her like so freaking happy i was so glad to be able to do that with her but um i would like to go back um and do like a real one not oh. just on my phone but like do an actual evp like do maybe a speed yeah, those digital recorders will usually pick up some voices uh, most of them do there's other ones that are are better than something matter of fact they say that there's this old panasonic that people sell for a thousand bucks on on ebay because it it's the one that picks up the most of these disembodied voices evp like you're talking about really? and then you can also get the little spirit box thing that's an fm receiver and sometimes voices come through there we have uh, examples of that in the documentary too so there's a couple different ways you can do that yeah Ooh, also yeah, the phone you can get phone apps that will do a lot of this stuff too um you can find them on on and they'll you can download them a lot of them for free right on your phone and they'll mm-hmm. they'll do certain things like this too right yeah. why yeah. does that not surprise me that this little black scrying mirror has all these yeah. <laughs> right spiritual aspects but um um, i just want to say thank you so much for um agreeing to come on i know it was kind of like last minute but i was really excited after i heard the episode with daisy i was like oh this guy um thanks for having me thank you and to all my listeners 
Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Cheers.